Due to themes of child sexual abuse and exploitation, the content of this podcast may be distressing to some people. It is not suitable for children and listener discretion is advised. For advice and support, please visit accce.gov.au. My version of hope is really one where we're having an honest conversation in the community about what child sexual abuse is, where we're talking about what are the things that make kids vulnerable and what we can do to stop kids from being vulnerable. So at some point we will catch up and we will make the internet a very hostile place for the hosting of child abuse material because industry is coming on to realise more and more as well that it does have a fundamental role to play here. We need to really hold their feet to the fire, have them scanning for child sexual abuse material, making sure that they're not accomplices effectively to this child sexual abuse. Whether we're ready or not, this issue is urgent. It's difficult for most people to get their mind around. I think where we need to get to with Australia is to recognise the urgency of doing something about it. You'll be brought to justice one way or the other. We will will come after you. You'll be brought before the courts and hopefully you'll be imprisoned. And my view is, is that we're going to be relentless on that front. I'm Roger Corsa, and this is Closing the Net, a podcast series that explores the world of those policing online child sexual exploitation, the borderless crime. Throughout this series, we've heard some incredible stories from those men and women on the front line who dedicate their lives to ending this crime type, who work tirelessly to bring child sex offenders to justice. We've heard stories of heartbreak and loss, Stories that depict confronting images of child sexual abuse and harrowing tales from brave survivors and their families. But above all, what we've heard are stories of passion, commitment and dedication. We've also heard from those who are passionate about raising awareness of this issue amongst parents, providing knowledge, tools and education resources to help protect our children and keep them safe online. Some of the stories have been confronting, but there's stories that need to be heard. Stories that need to be brought out from the shadows and acknowledged. To be talked about by parents, by people such as you and I. It's hard to have a conversation about online child sexual exploitation. It really is. But for our future, for our children's future, It's a conversation that can't be ignored. Research conducted by the ACE in 2020 found that only half the parents surveyed talked to their kids about online safety. One in five felt that online child exploitation was too sickening to even think about, let alone talk about. And more than half the parents the ACE spoke to didn't know what they could do to keep their kids safe from online child sexual exploitation. We absolutely need more people to talk about this. And that starts with knowing what online child sexual exploitation actually is. 
just by the explicit word exploitation is, you know, taking a child and the, the vulnerability and also the innocence of a child and getting advantage out of it. It's not just sexual exploitation. It can start with grooming and giving false misrepresentation to a child about what's okay, not giving them the right amounts of information to be able to make informed decisions and taking away the the innocence that children potentially have. Commander Hilda Sirik leads the team at the ACE. It's not just sexual exploitation. It could be anything from, you know, giving them the understanding that the only way for them to feel any self-worth is by engaging in some sort of intimate act with an, an older person or showing a photo of themselves and then giving them the satisfaction that what they've done is, is the good thing, it's the right thing. It becomes a very broad problem. We have everything from individuals with this, you know, desensitisation of society, which I believe is, is occurring, people sending photos of themselves to other peers as, for instance, a joke or something like that, and then that gets taken into the internet stratosphere and then they are exploited because of that. They're either coerced or blackmailed or intimidated towards, you know, either producing more or encouraging them to do more because they're getting a value set out of it, all the way to trafficking children into international arenas uh, for the purpose of abusing them. All that is the broad spectrum of exploitation. So it's as simple as taking advantage, but the problem is large. The problem is indeed large. In 2020 alone, the ACE received more than 21,000 reports of online child sexual exploitation. Internationally, the reports number in the tens of millions each and every year. Despite this, Significant advancements in the tools and resources available to law enforcement across the globe are resulting in unprecedented efforts to disrupt child sex abuse networks, to bring offenders to justice, and most importantly, to rescue children from harm. Eradication of this crime type can't happen overnight, but AFP Commissioner Rhys Kershaw believes there are some fundamental things we can all be doing to work towards that goal. I think it's going to be a real challenge for us but I think it's something we should aim at. My view is is that it starts all the way when you're a young person being educated about not only the dangers out there, but the rights and the wrongs in society and that it's not acceptable. I think we've got to start with our young people. They're the, they're the future of our country. And that's really important that we start with that. And then at the same time that we do uh, have people report it to police if they suspect the offending occurring. And that's something that Again, some people, you often talk to them and privately they might say, oh, look, I thought something was a little bit wrong but didn't think much of it. And you'll see that more and more that um, we're going to make it really, really difficult for these offenders to operate on the internet and also to travel overseas to, you know, to commit offences against young children in other countries and as well as the streaming services that some Australians are either accessing or actually producing themselves. So there's a number of areas there that I think we can really do some damage to those environments and also, you know, combined with that prevention education awareness piece, you know, hopefully we can eradicate. I mean, it would be great if we could do that in my lifetime. Detective Superintendent Chris Woods heads up operations at the ACE. 
and is well aware of the challenges they face in eradicating online child sexual exploitation. I think it is important to have realistic but aspirational goals and towards zero obviously would be a a fantastic uh, effect to be able to have through centres like the ACE and our international partners and through state and territory law enforcement. And I do think we have to aim high because the problem is that big. It is just an ever-present constant challenge. I mean, I I can't uh, overstate it. A key part of the ACE is really getting ahead in the tech space and really advancing in our use of tech and our systems that we put in place to support some of these teams, our covert investigators, our victim ID officers, but just our investigators working around the nation, using technology to really get ahead of offenders, but also to protect and sustain our workforce as well. The tech space remains one of the greatest challenges for law enforcement trying to detect and disrupt online child sex offenders. Big tech and social media companies have long been criticised for being too slow to react, too slow to step in and remove abuse material and too slow to safeguard the young users of their platforms or apps. But the landscape is changing, thanks to an initiative known as Safety by Design, which puts the safety and rights of users at the heart of the development of online products. The initiative has been championed by Australia's eSafety Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant. So Safety by Design is really about companies, large and small, assessing risk up front. When you're building any kind of technology platform that facilitates social interaction, things are bound to go wrong. And so the idea is assess the risk, build the protections in up front rather than retrofitting the protections after the harm has been done, which tends to be the pattern. We've known what the harms have been. We know how these platforms have been weaponized. And I look at it this way. If you're building the digital platforms or the digital roads, you need to be erecting the digital guardrails and you need to be policing those roads for dangerous drivers so that others don't end up becoming the online casualties. So my belief was that we wanted to do this with industry rather than to industry. So we sat down and spent almost a year working through the major principles to make it flexible and principles-based. Since June 2018, Julie and her team have been working with the world's major tech companies as well as tech startups to incorporate the safety by design principles. It's a great example of companies and regulators working together to promote greater online safety, especially for our kids. It's not the only partnership of this nature. Five Eyes is an intelligence alliance between the governments of Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the UK and the US. They collaborate and share information across a range of issues, including online child exploitation. For some time, the Five Eyes Alliance has been working closely with the tech companies of Silicon Valley to try and curb the rise of online child sexual exploitation and the abuse of children. In 2020, they established a set of what's called voluntary principles. Hamish Hansford has responsibility for child exploitation criminal justice policy and law reform responses within the Department of Home Affairs. Some of the principles are are really simple around preventing child abuse online, um, targeting online grooming and predatory behaviour, 
targeting the really heinous live streaming of criminal activities, particularly child exploitation? How do you look for search results that don't put up child exploitation material? How do you give a a specialised approach for children? How do you look at victim and survivor consideration issues? And how do you respond to some of the evolving threats, particularly those during a a crisis? How do you respond to viral images? and, And how do you try and prevent criminality from occurring on the internet? And the rules that apply online should reflect those that apply in the physical world and the stark reality is that they don't. And so voluntary principles are a way of trying to get companies to work together with governments to set some of those global standards. There are six um, leading companies who uh, we worked with, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Roadblock, Snap and Twitter, as well as NGOs and academia. And we've seen broad take up from both industry and um, support from governments across the world. So I think this is the new way of doing global policy is building coalitions of like-minded industry, NGO and governments and, and working together on some pretty difficult problems. For the AFP's Reese Kershaw and investigators worldwide, anonymity and encryption are the two biggest problems that need to be urgently overcome if they're to increase the speed at which they can track down offenders. You know, one's a shield that they use and the other's a weapon. And I've said this before, those are the two key things that are going to mean it goes even darker. The other piece is I think big global corporations like your Facebook and others, I believe they have a moral and social responsibility to help us. For us, it's about those two things, anonymity and encryption. How are we going to defeat those, given the fact that, as you know, on the internet, you can be anonymous and you can encrypt everything and get around law enforcement measures. I think as a society, we owe it to our children to protect them. Using technology to hide their identity is something that online child sex offenders have relied on for many years. But on the other side of that technological coin... Significant inroads are being made to start exposing those hiding behind encryption. And it's not just law enforcement that's tackling the issue. More and more privately funded organisations are also joining the fight. Many are part of the We Protect Global Alliance, a network of governments, tech companies and the private sector working together to try and end online child sexual exploitation and abuse. Thorn is one of the non-profits in the We Protect Alliance. Its CEO is Julie Cordwa. This organization was started about 10 years ago by Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore when they learned about the issue of child sex trafficking. And as they dug in further, they were learning about how technology was enabling that crime. And they set out to dedicate their you know, talent and resources to trying to address the issue of child sex trafficking. And when I joined them, the question was, how can we uniquely help? There are lots of people all around the world doing incredible work on this issue. You know, what can we uniquely bring? I went and spoke with law enforcement agents, with um, legislators, with survivors, with tech companies. And the thing I kept hearing more and more was that technology was dramatically changing the game when it came to child sexual abuse. And it was being used by perpetrators to commit these crimes. And yet everyone on the front lines felt like they were on their back foot when it came to technology. They were drowning in data and information and cases. They were really at a loss for who was building technology and innovating for them. So that became just this really clear need. 
it actually paired quite well with our founders because in addition to being the public people that they are, Ashton is actually also an investor in technology and actually studying engineering in college before he got into entertainment. This was where his passion was. And so we decided, why don't we just focus in there? There's great people doing all this great work. Can we build technology to enable all of those frontline workers in a better way to, to work on behalf of children? Thorne builds products to defend and rescue children from sexual abuse based on three key principles, accelerating victim identification, equipping platforms, and empowering the public. The first is accelerating victim identification. So that is all about working with law enforcement, providing tools for law enforcement to identify children faster. And then the second is actually moving the private sector to a proactive position for detection. Too many companies sit in a reactive position to child sexual abuse material. And our belief is that every single company that hosts user-generated content should be proactive in detecting child sexual abuse material and removing it. And then the third pillar is actually about how do we translate the insights that we're getting from all the data in those two other sectors into prevention and behavior change programming for youth. But there's one other element beyond technology that we can deploy besides just uh, victim identification and private sector engagement. It's actually about building a more resilient youth population surrounded by resilient and knowledgeable caregivers. And so this is our third most recent area of investment, which is taking what we're learning from all the data we're seeing online and in the dark web and abuse areas and translating that into prevention and behavior change, targeting youth and caregivers, really trying to help them be more secure in what's rapidly becoming an environment where there can be perpetrators in their life. Over the past year alone, Thorne's tool Spotlight has supported the identification of over 2,000 children and reduced law enforcement investigation time by over 55%. The community of tech companies using Thorne's safer technology has identified nearly 80,000 child sexual abuse files for removal. Thorne is just one of the many organisations dedicated to eliminating child sexual abuse material from the internet. In Hope is a global network coordinating efforts to identify and take down online child sexual abuse material. It operates as a community of 47 internet hotlines spread across 43 countries, providing people like you and I with a way to anonymously report illegal content. So where an InHope member detects child abuse material in another member's jurisdiction, they will submit a report to the coordination platform and then that report will be handled at the local level by the hotline and its law enforcement partners. Toby Dagg is Head of Investigations at Australia's Office of the eSafety Commissioner. And we are a very firm supporter of InHope. I sit on the board as Vice President uh, and we have been a member for more than 20 years. And we see that partnership as absolutely essential because without it, there is no coordinated takedown of child abuse material. And law enforcement works at the very pointy end of identifying victims, disrupting offenders, bringing those people to prosecution. But what's left behind is the content. And more and more of it sloshes around the internet every year. 
And we know just how devastating an impact it has on the recovery of victims because they understand that there is a potential, and some of them are identified by those who see them on the street, as being victims of that abuse material. And that memorialisation of their abuse is something that we want to do our bit and through InHope absolutely do our bit to, to help reduce. Reducing the amount of child sexual abuse material that exists online is a critical step towards target zero. But can we realistically hope for an internet that's free of online child sexual exploitation? I think the answer to that question is yes. And I think we'll get there probably sooner than we realised What we are seeing now are the fruits of significant investment in ideas and technology that help us automate a lot of the work that we need to be doing. So at some point, we will catch up and we will make the internet a very hostile place for the hosting of child abuse material because industry is coming on to realise more and more as well that it does have a fundamental role to play here. And as AI develops as well and machine learning algorithms become more and more sophisticated, the likelihood that we'll detect new material as well becomes greater too. So when we have those technologies meshed together and we've got industry coming on board to demonstrate their leadership through their own sectors by taking these technologies on as part of their normal business operations, the less likely it becomes for the bad guys to find options to scale their own distribution and they get pushed into uh, less and less viable corners of the internet until you know the landscape is made more or less hostile to them which would be a great thing if we displace that activity into the kinds of areas where they can be you know sort of better observed then the better we need to be able to be unleashed uh, and use technology to our advantage and if we can do that without the constraints placed on us by those who have privacy as an overwhelming objective as opposed to child safety, then I think we'll get there. The Australian government stands firm in its commitment to ensuring a safe online space for all Australians, and in particular, our children. Tough penalties face anyone convicted of child sexual abuse or exploitation crimes, and for those who create a fake profile for the purpose of grooming a child or causing them harm. New laws have been drafted which would give authorities greater power to access the online accounts of child sex offenders and shut down their networks. Hamish Hansford. So for the first time, this will give the AFP and the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission um, new tools to look at networks of people who share, buy and sell child exploitation material online. It will allow the AFP and the ACIC to disrupt serious criminality online to really frustrate the commission of serious offences. And for instance, uh, the AFP and the ACIC will be able to alter data to stop the sharing of child abuse images and really help protect victims and potentially prevent further harm from occurring. Finally, they'll also be able to take over the online accounts of criminals and take exclusive control of the account. It's really a game changer in terms of online offending and online criminality. It's a game changer, all right, especially for those tracking child sex offenders on the dark web. And although this legislation is about breaking down the barriers these criminals hide behind, it does raise some privacy concerns. Those concerns are being addressed. However, Matt Rippon from the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission says it's important for people to understand exactly the type of people they'll be targeting and where. I mean, your average Joe doesn't spend his time on the dark web. The dark web isn't a place 
where we're doing our internet banking and uh, and shopping online. There's certainly shopping online going on. It's for illegal products and it's a place where we need to get a better line of sight of the criminal networks that sit behind um, that. So we welcome any powers that the federal government are able to give to us. We're grateful for, for further tools that, are, that can be provided to us to be able to address the challenges that continue to rise up from um, activity on the dark web. And there's probably a narrative that will need to occur with the public so that they understand what it is that we're actually accessing and how that we're doing it. But it's also important to let people know that there is an oversight mechanism here. We have the Inspector General for Intelligence and Security that will have a particular oversight role of the ACIC and and those using any dark web powers. And we have the Commonwealth Ombudsman who also has an oversight role of many of the aspects of the AFP and the ACIC. So our people in the ACIC take the privilege of having such legislation very seriously and we take... um, our um, uh, responsibility and accountability of the utilisation of that legislation very, very seriously. One of the key recommendations from the Royal Commission into institutional responses to child sexual abuse was that Australia develop a national strategy to prevent child sexual abuse in institutions, within families and online. Rebecca Kilpatrick heads up the National Office for Child Safety, which is leading the implementation of that national strategy. What we should be doing is thinking about the child and talking to children, centering children's experiences and talking with them about what it means to be safe. What do they need to feel safe? How can we help children feel safe? So I think for me, my version of the future is one where children are an equal part of the conversation, where children are very much respected as their own individuals, are people that we listen to, we value their voices, and they're part of the decision-making process. Um, They're part of those sort of conversations about the things that happen to them. So I think for me, the idea that children are listened to, they know that they can speak up, they know who to tell when they don't feel safe, and that adults are listening. And when a child comes to them and says, I don't feel safe, we don't try and dismiss it, we don't try and minimise it, we engage it. And we say, why don't you feel safe? Keeping Australian kids safe online is one of the primary objectives of Australia's eSafety Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant, who says it's up to all of us to start agitating for change. I think we all have a responsibility to make create a safer online world. And I am heartened that more governments, law enforcement, parents, companies are mindful to that and that we're able to work together towards a safer online future. But there's still a lot more work to do and a lot more people and companies that we need to bring along, frankly. We need to really hold their feet to the fire, have them scanning for child sexual abuse material, making sure that they're not accomplices to this child sexual abuse. Even if it's not happening on their platforms, If they're using their platforms to store this content, to share or facilitate this content, they are absolutely culpable. And so I'm really looking forward to some of the strengthening law reforms that are coming very soon to Australia. I do think we're leading the way with eSafety as the only regulator. Um, With the ACE, a number of companies are, are looking to Australian leadership for that model. So I think we have got tremendous opportunity to make even greater strides in this really important fight. While the task facing investigators may appear insurmountable, 
The fact of the matter is that Australian police are getting results and online child sex offenders are being dealt with by the courts. The former Minister for Home Affairs, Peter Dutton, says the Australian government is committed to making the online space a safe place for our kids and equally committed to tracking down online offenders. You know, my promise to these offenders is that we are applying more money, we're applying greater skills and we will do whatever we can with the force of the Commonwealth of Australia to make sure that door is knocked on and to make sure that their offending stops and uh, this race has only just begun and if they think they can outsmart the Commonwealth of Australia and the Australian Federal Police and the technology and the world leading capability that we now have and that will continue to adapt, well, that's a judgment for them to make. But my advice would be that it is a matter of time and to rethink your conduct. And at some point, perhaps even think about the victim that originally was offended against in that image or that video, or the way in which that child will live out the rest of his or her life because of their conduct and their directing of a sexual act to be performed on that child, uh, which is a big part of their presence on the internet now as well. So there's you know, great motivation for all of us to make sure we get it right to invest in the people and the resources that we need. And I promise you that will continue to happen. And with each report that comes through to the ACE and to the AFP, the closer we are to eradicating online child sexual exploitation. Even though the volume of reports can feel like a virtual tsunami, for AFP Detective Superintendent Paula Hudson, she sees that as a positive. By saying, you know, we've received 21,000 reports as more than ever, there is hope there that means people are reporting it so that's actually a good thing people are knowing how to report knowing how to collect evidence and make the report so in some ways we need to be I guess buoyed by that our member of the public reporting is going up so you know people are educating and I and I often say we would rather receive 10 reports that are resolved to nothing and it wasn't rather than you sitting back and go oh no I won't do it we'd rather you report it's one of those um uh, crime types that you shine the light on it and more reporting is taking place, that actually can be a positive as well when you look at the rates and the stats. So we take that, the positive out of that. One thing that has become abundantly clear throughout this series is that no one should turn a blind eye to the reality of child exploitation. To talk about the issue might make you feel uneasy, make you feel uncomfortable. But just imagine that through the sheer act of talking about it, you might be saving one child from experiencing a world of pain greater than you could ever imagine. We need to talk with our kids regularly about online safety, take an interest in who they're chatting to online and the kinds of apps and games that they're into. We need to support those organisations who work tirelessly to provide the necessary tools, education and resources that are building a safer online future for our kids. And we all need to be aware that online child sexual exploitation does exist. We need to educate ourselves about what it is and how to protect our children from ever having to experience it. As we've heard in this series, it takes a network to break a network. And Detective Superintendent Chris Woods at the ACE believes we can all play a part. 
we all have an obligation in society to be looking after our kids and we wouldn't let them go off and, and meet with people uh, that we didn't know in a, in a park or at the shopping centre. So why do we allow them to do it on a device? Because we've got some sort of false sense of security, maybe they're in the lounge room of the house. So I think that when people start to think about the online environment like a town common, you start to see that um, it's not the panacea to kids, um, you know, needing to kill some time or, or to be quietened. And we really need to take responsibility. And, and I think it's about conversations and having uh, open conversations with your children around online safety and also making it a safe place for them to, to speak up if something doesn't seem right or they've had a strange approach or they've, they're having an interaction that doesn't make sense. For Detective Inspector John Rouse, who works within the ACE Victim Identification Unit, Advancements in technology and collaboration are the keys. What I hope that we can do in the future is make sure that we have law enforcement capability that is agile and rapid in its response, that our database grows exponentially so that it assists our investigators with the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence, uh, that through the work that you know the prevention uh, and outreach arm of the ACE does, that we, we work effectively with our NGO partners, with the community to educate and prepare parents to make sure that they're aware of the dangers. I'd much prefer to see a world where children aren't doing dangerous things rather than us picking up the pieces after they have uh, and trying to find them. Online child sexual exploitation is real. It does happen. And it happens right here in Australia. While it's a continual challenge for families, teachers and law enforcement to try and stay one step ahead of online offenders, the ultimate goal is to wipe them out. That's exactly why Commander Hilda Sirik and the rest of the dedicated women and men of the Australian Federal Police and the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation go to work each and every day. I certainly work every single day towards that goal. That is the end state, and I keep saying to people, my end state is to do myself out of a job. And that is to the effect of making sure that we can stop child exploitation. It does sound like a cliche, but I do get out of bed thinking that some decision that I make today could positively change someone's life. Through the work we are doing in close partnership with all our key partners, we are making a significant impact. But I have the utmost respect for those people that are doing this day to day and that's part of their role, like their commitment, their dedication and their professionalism is just astounding to me. It's ultimately what keeps us going is it's rewarding and we're making a difference and you focus on that side. So I think there's more days where you walk away feeling really good about what's happened and what you've done than there are days when you feel overwhelmed and weighed down by it. Knowing the vulnerability of children, I think it's one of my jobs to help protect that vulnerability and I know how easily it can be taken away from them. I know we can't change what's happened to these children but we can possibly change what's gonna happen to them in the future. And that's why we continue to look for clues and follow up on every lead that we can. You know, stopping the sexual abuse of children at as young an age as possible is really why we go to work. I guess I come to work and think, well, my job is to protect children and this is how I can do that. 
I think the wins are where you've managed to step in and intervene before a child is abused. Those are sort of the things that I think are important to me. Australia should be proud of the efforts of the ACE and, and law enforcement more widely who just go to work every day trying to do their best and protect the children from harm. If the content in this podcast has caused any distress, or if you know a child is being contacted or groomed online, visit accce.gov.au to find out how to report and where you can seek support. If you see child abuse material online, it's important to report it to the office of the eSafety Commissioner who can help get it removed. And if you think a child is in immediate danger, please call 000 or your local police. You can provide anonymous information to crimestoppers.com.au or by phoning 1800 000. The opinions, beliefs and viewpoints expressed by the individuals featured in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs and viewpoints of the ACE or the AFP. Closing the Net is a production of the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation and the Australian Federal Police. Written and researched by Nicole Gunn and Dave Carter with additional research by Anna Swain. Audio production by Daryl Misson. Original music by Kyle Gutterson. Produced by Dave Carter on behalf of Media Heads. If you found this podcast informative, please take the time to share it, write a review and subscribe to the series on your favourite podcast app. To learn more about the work of The Ace with regards to online child sexual exploitation, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit the website accece.gov.au. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. I know parts of it have been confronting, but child protection is an important topic to discuss. As I said at the outset, protecting children is a responsibility we all share. So take this conversation forward with your family, with your colleagues, with your children. All of us working together can create a better future for our kids. I'm Karen Andrews, Minister for Home Affairs, And this has been Closing the Net.